Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 36. It is the Baggies Broadcast. I am your host, Nathan Judah. I am joined, as ever, by West Brom reporter extraordinaire, Mr. Matthew Wilson. Matt, goodness gracious me. Uh, all gone a bit Pete Tong in the last few days. Uh, bad news is back-to-back defeats, of course, on the road. Um, and some issues that, that need resolving pretty quickly. The good news is that Albion is still fourth, uh, almost certain to be in the playoffs, and enough time to rediscover their mojo, so to speak. So, for, from yourself um, as the man in charge, can you sum up the last the last four or five days? I'm not in charge. You're the man in charge here. You're the man in charge in this podcast. You're the West Brom man. You're the West Brom guru. The people want to hear from you. If you tell the fans that I'm in charge, they'll be chanting against me next oh, the next game. Tell you what, you yeah. could do it. That's good as a job. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously disappointing last few days. It has been. Um, yeah, and I'm very tired. Oh, you do? Yeah, you do. <laughs> that, that is, and that's, that's the end of this week's podcast. <laughs> And that's the be-all and end-all, really. Yeah. I can't wait for the season to be over, which is it's weird. It's been two years, mate. Like you say, it's been two years, it's been two years it? of, like, constant... Not constant um, crisis, but it's been... It's been There's yeah. been things going on. Like you said, just, I think you turned to me last night and go, just please have a, a season where it's just chill, maybe, you know, the odd good wins, maybe the odd defeat, just to relax, you know, a manager that sees that through a whole season... You know, a board that's not in flux. Happy days, but everything changes every single day today, every 24 hours. And that's the issue, isn't it? The problem at the moment is there's so much uncertainty um, around a lot of elements of the club. You've got from almost from the top to the bottom. So you've got the owner who uh, is unwilling uh, or unable to put his own cash into the club, which means that there's uncertainty over his long-term future. You've got a board who um, appeared to be dithering on a decision uh, in the dugout and how best to navigate the final few games of the season, um, which is causing deep unrest among the fan base. You've got uncertainty uh, there. You've got uncertainty in the dugout where James Shan literally had no idea last night Mm -hmm. if he'd be in charge for the Preston game. They're off today. Um, There'll be a few... Doing recovery, um, then they'll be back in on Thursday and Friday for the um, to prepare for that for that game against Preston, um, and then I guess that's when you know Jimmy Shannon will be told either later on this today or or early next morning what the plan is. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a bizarre situation, and the uncertainty that, that clouds the club from you know from all the way at the top to the bottom at the moment is 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 deeply concerning. You've also got a playing staff. There's about, I make about a dozen players whose futures are uncertain in the summer, depending on whether the promotion is achieved or not. Some could leave um, on freeze at the end of their contracts. Loanees could go back to their parent clubs. Others could be sold. So, yeah, um, I think that's the issue. It's it's weird to, to be taught. I don't want to use the word crisis. I don't think it's, it's it's got to that stage yet. But, you know, there is obviously deep unrest among the supporters mm-hmm. and which from the outside looking in you'd say well that's strange because the team's in fourth um, but can you understand it yeah of course I can because the, the, the issue is is that there isn't a clear plan being set out um, publicly to the to the fan base they're not sure what is going on 
So what are they supposed to support? Mm. You know, mm. um, last night you had Bristol City fans chanting, who are you? at Albion and you know they don't know who they are at the moment because you've got a temporary head coach or a temporary coach in charge using a skeleton staff of academy coaches um, and you're mounting a, 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 a promotion push that there's £150 million riding on it. Yeah. Um, it, it it desperately needs clarification sooner rather than later and hopefully before the Preston game but if not as I said in the video last night um, before the uh, Easter programme. And if you're a fan and you're being asked for hundreds of pounds to renew your season ticket next season, you can understand why the average the, the average fan, and if you're if you're taking your son or, or you know or, or you know a family to the game and it's going to cost you a lot of money for next season, and if the club don't know what they're doing at the moment in in, in term in terms of personnel, in term in terms of uh, managerial situation. You can understand why they're withholding their money until they get clarification of what's going forward. Football is a unique business. Um, you know, increasingly you see executives treat it as a business and um, supporters as consumers of an entertainment industry or customers. But the the reality is that actually the fans are not consumers or customers. They are investors. What they what they do is invest their time and their money. Um, and their efforts into the club. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to, if you want to run a football club like a business, as a lot of modern day executives want to do, then you should see the fans not as consumers or customers. You should see them as investors. And investors have every right to know what is going on. Yeah. And at the moment, fans are being left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Shan's being left in the dark. Um, now, I understand you can't bear all your um, operational. Um, plans for all to see but you have to give supporters an element of um, of clarity in what they're supposed to support because at the moment there just isn't any Right Matt, we have got the return of something that you probably put to the back of your mind last season because <laughs> it was it was a very bad segment but we're, we're going to bring it back uh, the worryometer the worryometer 1 to 10 the worryometer the, the worryometer worryometer yeah how worried are you how concerned are you from 1 to 10 about the following subjects so one is not concerned at all okay absolutely fine yeah chilled out yeah. Feet, uh, shoes off yeah 10 is gravely concerned absolutely really worried going forward okay gotcha okay between now and the end of the season okay on a scale of 1 to 10 on the worryometer, how concerned are you about the West Brom defence? <laughs> um, oh, um, six point five. Six point five. Okay. I mean, I think they have been improved in two thousand and nineteen. At times, you know, they've they've gone a bit more functional. Yeah. But against Bristol City, um, I think you saw, you know, what's happened all season. Essentially, they start slow against teams that are in, play with intensity. Um, I don't think um, the personnel was was necessarily correct. I think Gibbs probably should have started if he was fit. Um, I think he probably should start the next game. Um, not to set Townsend, actually, he's done quite well. He played well against Brentford and and, and Blues. Um, but I think after the Millwall game, it was maybe time for Gibbs to come sure. back in. Um, I also think um, Holgate's obviously been told to rein it in and stop 
attacking so uh, you know vociferously up the right hand side, which was actually one of Albion's strengths. So maybe he should be allowed to to do that. Um, Dawson was playing with an illness. Bartley had just come back from a hamstring injury, so there were extenuating circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know they've considered too many sloppy goals this season, and that first goal against Bristol City yeah. was a carbon copy of the goals they've conceded against early on against Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even well, plenty, I can't, plenty of other teams where they've just passed the ball to the opposition yeah, and, let yeah, them, yeah. and let them score. Them do too much, and the yeah. concerning thing for me is that Jimmy Shan said afterwards that they'd spoken before about playing no-risk football at the back. And what do they go and mm-hmm. do? So they're ignoring those... those um, um, you know th- those instructions there. So um, look, I think they've got. I think when Hagazi's on song, he's, he's he's actually had a good season. Hagazi. When Hagazi's on song, unlike against Millwall, um, and when they maybe defend a bit more resolutely and setting the fact that they're, they're less adventure, <laughs> less adventurous with their midfielders, yeah, they can grind them out. And mm-hmm. I think we have seen that at times this season. But yeah, I th- it was concerning on on. On Tuesday against uh, Bristol City because it was um, it was pretty poor. Okay, six point five for the defence. We've got a few more to get through. Uh, the midfield. Uh, Real Madrid for the midfield. Six and a half for the defence. The midfield. I would go seven. Seven. I think the midfield has been a problem all season. I don't think the central midfield has ever been fixed. I think in in recent weeks it's looked better with Chris Brunt in there. Um, I think Johansson played better in the second half on, on Tuesday night against Bristol City um, but he hasn't convinced at, at times um, I think Livermore obviously had that Rick um, and it's too functional I think um, there's not enough uh, pace dynamism or cuteness um, you look at other midfielders in the league um, you look at the, the even Bristol's midfielders mm-hmm. they are energetic dynamic they get up and down they use the ball well yeah. Albin are slow ponderous um, and they should have the they should have enough midfielders of different types in in there to get the right blend, but they just seem to struggle to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see Sam Field return to the side. Um, he seems to be strangely omitted by a number of coaches. Yeah, um, he was brilliant against QPR, and he hasn't played since. Um, Where's Matt Phillips? Matt Phillips is injured, but. You know, he would be great. Where's Jacob Murphy? Where's Jefferson Montero? These were signers that were supposed to kick out being on to a promotion push and they just haven't delivered. So, um, yeah, uh, look, there are a few positives. I thought Carl Edwards has done well recently, um, albeit a bit wet behind the ears, but he's done okay. Um, Obviously, he scored that great goal against Brentford. I thought he looked lively in the first half against uh, Bristol City. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and like I say, Brunt being back in there has helped. But I'm more concerned about that. Okay. Forward. So six and a half for the defence. Seven out of ten on the scale of one to ten for the Warriometer for the midfield. The forwards. Two or three. Yeah. Um, I think Gale playing centrally is better. Um, you know, you've got Rodriguez has scored 20 goals now. Um, and he's the first person to score 20 league goals in a season since Kevin Phillips. It's gone unnoticed because... I suppose the season really that um, Albion are having, um, albeit the fact that they're in fourth. Mm. It, you know, if it, it's such a it was such a funny 
there's such a diff, different mood around Albion to there is around Bristol City, where, uh, you know, on an evening where Bristol City, they're still five points behind Albion. Yeah. But the expectation and, um, you know, the, the, the way, how convincing they're playing, the mood's completely different. You know, I think Bristol City and others look far more convincing than Albion do. I think Albion have been bowed out at times this season by moments of individual brilliance um, and some of those moments have come from Dwight Gale. I think he's been superb for the majority of the season. Uh, had that short drought after he um, got banned for diving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not just talking about his goals. He's got 18 now and it was another nice header against uh, Bristol City to follow up his header uh, against Birmingham City when you know he really has no right to score in those goals because sure. he's the sure. smallest man in the box. Mm-hmm. But he also lays on chances for other people, you know. At Millwall, he won a penalty. He set up Robson Carnu at Bristol City. Um, okay, had a couple of chances that um, O'Leary saved well. Um, but I, I really like Gale as a player. And so I, I think actually with him fit and firing mm-hmm. um, and Rodriguez as well in, in the team because, um, you know, he does pop up with goals. He's got 20, so he, he must be doing something well, something good. Um You've got a chance in the playoffs. You've got a chance, but I think if they if they want to give themselves a real chance, they need a bit more cohesion behind them. Okay, good stuff. Six and a half, seven for the midfield. Six and a half for defence. Two or three for the forward. Right. Let's go into the nitty gritty. The worryometer. West Brom will not reach the playoffs. No, I think they will. I'm not. That's a two, yeah. three. I think they will. I think they've got enough. Um, it would take a monumental. Um, collapse now. I think they're not. They're nine points clear. Mm-hmm. Um, look, they've got some winnable games. Rotherham. I think Reading are still coming up as well. Um, the games that uh, Hull at home, Reading away, Rotherham at home, Derby away. Yeah, and even Preston have fallen off a cliff. Sure. And they're you know well, I'm sure we're going to come on to this. Come on to that in a bit. Yeah, for sure. But um, there's obviously question marks around the managerial mm-hmm. situation at both Preston and Albion, and they're intertwined. So um, yeah, I, I think I think Albion should have enough to, to, to finish in the top six. Okay, uh, we're going to one to ten that Albion will not get to a playoff final. I'd be worried about that. Yeah, I mean that's up there with an eight, seven or eight. Yeah, I, I, as I said on Monday, the I, way I, they're playing at this moment, the way in they're time. playing right now, mm-hmm. I think I make them third or fourth favourites in the playoffs. I think if they got Villa or Leeds or Sheffield United, they'd be second favourites. As it stands, that things can change. They could win the last five games and go into it in great form. But as it stands right now, I make them third or fourth favourites behind those teams around them. As it stands at this moment in time, if the season were to were to finish tomorrow, they would be playing Bristol City in the in, in the semi final now. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they would. Think so, yeah. It'd be Sheffield United against Villa, and it'd be it'd be West Brom against Bristol City. Yeah, but Villa play tonight, so Villa. Win. I know. I'm, I'm just I'm just yeah. saying, speculating because obviously they played them last night. From what you saw, um, and if this this team turn around, Bristol City isn't a, a bad game for them. I, I don't think. I don't think so. No, I mean they got blitzed, and they might have some scars from that. Um, they also got blitzed in the first 20 minutes of the, the home game against them. They just didn't concede. Mm-hmm. And then they scored three goals themselves in eight minutes. It was a yeah. very odd game, that game. Um, this time, Bristol City took their chances and Albion were dreadful at the back. Um, so they've got to be wary of that. But I think they should... Over two legs, you'd hope they'd have enough to, to get through Bristol City. But Villa, Leeds, Sheffield United, mm-hmm. that's a bit more of a concern. Right. Um... 
we'll save that segment for a bit later if we get time. Okay, let's talk about the the interesting news today, developments, um, at least from from the bookmakers' point of view, is that Alex Neil Preston boss, um, there's been a big market move for him with the bookmakers um, after last night. Um, he's now three to one on in some places, so so that's a lot of money that's gone down. Um, hasn't been me who's placed that bet, FYI. Um, Alex Neal, obviously Preston lost last night at Leeds United 2-0. They've kind of dropped out that playoff picture, but they were in and around the playoff spot. Can you see that as a viable option? And would you be happy going forward if, if he was the man to, to take West Brom forward for this season and beyond? I can see it as a viable option. I think he was always one that um, Luke Dowling has, has been keen on. Um, you know, he's he's worked wonders with Preston really this season. Um, got them into a playoff race with, with the fourth lowest budget in the championship. Um Hopefully that's not a sign of where the club think they're going to go to, but um, that and he's he, he has got he has got experience taking um, clubs up via the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He took Norwich up via the playoffs when he was very young. Um, he's still quite young, still thirty seven. Um, that's incredibly young. Yeah, but he's been around for a bit. He's mm-hmm. been around for a few years. You know, he's I think he started managing. You know, when he was just just turned thirty. Yeah. So he's been around for a few years. He's got he's got experience. He's got that he's got that dichotomy of being experienced but also being young. It's the first time is, dichotomy has ever been used in a podcast that I presented, but I like it. I, it might not even have been used correctly. <laughs> I, Listen, if it's on there, it's it's a big tick for me. I'm I like sure it. we'll get an email if I misused it. <laughs> I got an email the other day about my my poor grammar and no, wow. If, yeah. if if anything can be levelled at you, it's not poor grammar. I would have thought. Well, you know? I don't, who knows? Maybe maybe it was, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dichotomy. There you go. There you um, go. And what were we talking about? Alex Neal. Yeah, yeah. I, and I could, I can see it as a, as a, as a sensible option mm. for the sh- one that ticks the box in terms of the short term and the long term needs of the club, um, as long term as you can ever get with a head coach or a manager. You know, we, we're talking about short term and medium term this season, next season. Um, but he's taken Norwich up before. He's taken Norwich up before. I think he look. I don't think he suffers any fools. I think if you wanted someone in, if you if you wanted someone to come in and stamp an authority mm-hmm. on this group, which I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah, um, I think he would be a good guy to do that. Um, but obviously, you know, any with any appointment, it, you wait to see how it works out. And any appointment is a gamble. But I think if you were to get Alex Neil now, um, that would give you a chance. I think that would give some clarity to the supporters. It would give them something to get behind. It would give um, Albin a chance of, of going up by the players. And if it doesn't work out, at least you know what's what's in store for next season. Sure. Um, 1,650 people. Um, is Alex Neil the right man for West Brom? 46% say yes and 54% say no. Now, he's not exciting. He's not an exciting potential from, from the from the outside. He's not exciting. However, do, do Albin need an exciting manager? I don't think so. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily think. They want an effective manager. Exactly, you want an effective manager. You don't necessarily want flashy managers in the championship. Okay, it's worked out quite well for Leeds mm-hmm. uh, with Bielsa, but I think Bielsa's a um, a different kettle of fish altogether. He's, he's he's his own unique person, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, I think. And they might still miss out on the mm, on automatic. I think as what well. you need is diligent, hardworking. Um, Capable young managers and Alex Neil, um, you know his CV isn't that bad. Um, 
he did he did okay with Norwich. He was you know obviously he didn't wasn't great in the Premier League with them, mm-hmm. um, but he did well in the Championship. He's done well in the Championship with uh, with Preston. This is this is a level that he knows. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against that um, appointment. You know if I'm you know to be to be brutally honest, yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm not criticising James Shan at all because I think he's exceeded expectations sure. and done very well. And even on Tuesday night against Bristol City, he recognised that um, you know they needed to change the shape, mm-hmm. and he changed the shape after 25 yeah. minutes. Okay, it yeah. might have been a little late, but he did do it. Yeah, and um, they almost and they almost caught back to yeah. it. You know, and they looked a little bit sturdier in the second half. Um, you know, obviously Jada Silva hits the post. Um, so I'm not going to criticise James Shan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been thrust into a very difficult position and has, by and large, done very well and probably better than anyone thought he would. Um, but I think getting a, a, a manager a manager in, because, um, you know, Shan knows himself. He doesn't have any managerial experience. He's been in, in, around the first team for eight months. Yeah. You know, um, I, would be, I would be behind that appointment if it was to happen. Um, and look... It's very interesting because we've got Preston coming at the weekend, um, but he is one that they're keen on, and it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibilities that um, yesterday's pretty drab uh, defeat and a particularly horrendous first half encouraged them to uh, to act. So Allardyce, Jankovic, James Shan, Alex Neil. Y- y- sorry, Jankovic. I'm, I'm, I'm on tennis. I'm on tennis mode. You see, near the summer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he would be your choice out of those those options. Tennis player? No, no. Um, Jukanovic, Allardyce, James Shan. <laughs> would would Alex Neil be would Alex Neil be be the man that you would choose out of those? I think Tim Henman should come. Oh, okay, okay. Um, out of those, I don't know. Um, you can It's difficult. Jukanovic plays lovely football. He would be the exciting appointment. You'd he thought. would be the exciting appointment, and I and he's taken two clubs out out of the championship. Um, I think he would be my pick in the summer. Okay, but maybe not right now. I think maybe right now Alex Neil might actually be a better bet. But if um, you're Alex Neil and you were offered till the end of the season with no guarantees, is that too risky for him? He'd probably. I think if he was coming, he'd be getting a guarantee that he would he's only got year. five games. I mean, yeah, he can't. You can't give a manager five games. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it would have to be an interim manager. You know, someone of the ilk of Michael Appleton mm. or Craig Shakespeare coming in and being mm. a joint manager alongside mm. Jim, James Shan, someone who had an affiliation for the club and was willing to do it because they wanted to get the club up. Um, I think Alex Neil would want assurances that he'd be there at the start of next season, and I think he's got every right to ask for those because at the moment, if I'm being brutally honest, Albion are in a bit of a desperate pickle. They need to they need to do something. And like you say, and you mentioned previously, that of course Preston are the team that they play on Saturday. Do you think that could be a spicy boardroom after the game? Maybe maybe you have to wait for the coach for for an extra forty five minutes or so. It'll be very interesting to see what Bizarre. what happens. Both I mean, both both fans chanting Alex Neal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, at the moment it's up in the air. Yeah, um, but uh, I think considering that game's then it would maybe be a surprise if anything happened before that game, or maybe. Or maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it has to happen before that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's odd. An odd, odd. Very strange for fixtures come. I, I honestly, yeah. I honestly can't can't call. What what the board or or, or the owners are going to have to do though, if they are going to get Alex Neil, is pay some money. They're going to have to pay oh, some yeah. compensation. Yeah. And you know they haven't been, uh, they haven't spent loads and loads of money. 
this season. Have they got have they got the money to do that? Would they, would they do that? Would they break the bank? Well, they've, I think they've got. I think they've still got some money left over from the um, overdraft that they took out okay. in January. So I think they probably could. Um, I, you know, I think when you talk about them not spending loads of money, in terms of transfer fees, maybe not. But in terms of player wages, that they, mm. they have, mm. they've got the second highest wage bill in the in the league. Um, I think it's the second. It might be the first or the third, but I think it's the second. And you know, they've got a very big squad. And you know, people see. I said, people think that because they didn't um, buy a lot of players in the summer, mm-hmm. um, that they weren't necessarily ambitious. But actually, what they've done is, is kept the players on 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 the wages, Premier League players that they wanted to get up. Now, yeah. Whether you think that's the right, um, whether you think that's the right strategy or not is I suppose everyone's own interpretation and their own interpretation of how good this squad is. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think this is a very strong squad, but I think it's quite a functional squad, um, almost in the image of Pulis. I don't think there are many, as I said earlier, dynamic in, dynamic enough players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you lose Barnes and Phillips, you, you do lose that dynamism. So um, uh, despite that, I still think it's quite a strong squad that just hasn't necessarily been played to its strengths this season. Okay. Cheers, Matt. Thank you for that. Uh, should we take some questions from the peeps? We've got plenty of frustrated fans out there, as you can understand. The first one is from Richard Downing, um, who asks, on March the 19th, or says, on March the 19th, after sacking Darren Moore, Mark Jenkins made a statement, the club interests were at the forefront of our thinking. We must do everything we can to deliver promotion. Why on the 10th of April do we still have a caretaker manager? Well, I think because he... Well, I think because for a number of reasons. One, he won three games. Um, and two, because plans that they had, maybe not made before Darren was sacked, but ideas that they had to and things that they wanted to do um, haven't materialised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know they were interested in Jukanovic, we know they were interested in Wagner. Um They've decided not to pursue Jukanovic for whatever reason, whether it's down to a mixture of the fa- of money or the fact that they're concerned about his, his you know, it takes time for his ideas to bed in. Or is length he, of contract, maybe. Yeah, is he the suitable man for the, for this this functional squad? Um, Wagner was was there was deals with problems with his contract that wouldn't let him um, take up a new job without hefty compensation to Huddersfield Town um, and Neil was in a playoff race. Mm. And, uh, you know, we are having... They've lost three games in a row now, Preston. So it'll be interesting to see if that moves because um, they're now out of it, I think, probably. Yeah. 11th place, just about out of it. So um, yeah, there's seven that's, points but, that's why we're in that situation. Um, I don't... I, I personally think what should have happened is um, Jimmy Shan gave you two wins. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back wins against uh, Swansea and Brentford. Rode the luck a bit. Sure. Well, quite a lot against Swansea. Then you've got the international break. Two weeks to mm. get it sorted. Mm-hmm. Get it sorted mm. then. Appoint someone then. Okay. Nothing gets done. Okay. Beat Blues. Yeah. Jimmy Shan's given you three wins. Yeah. He's done... Unbelievable, one. yeah. Well done. Yeah. Cheers. You've, yeah. you've stabilised the clubs mm-hmm. in, the, in the playoffs. Then, you, then you've got eight days to appoint someone. I think then you should appoint someone. I think the there was a, a desire and a hope that oh maybe we can just keep 
Shannon in charge, and, and we'll we'll ride this this wave up up to the uh, you know to promotion all the way up to the automatics. But obviously, that's that's not going to happen. That hasn't happened, and it, and they're too far back now. And now they have to act. I think. Look, it they should have. I personally think they should have appointed someone over the international break. Um, but that is the reason why that they haven't because he did so well yeah um, yeah like a Darren Moore Mark 2 from last season I guess yeah yes in a sort of shorter term burst mm. uh, Jake why have the board opted to sack Moore who for the vast majority allowed fans to love the club again but then opted to not replace him properly and instead save pennies when the owner surely wants Premier League status is the money even there to pay compo for a hedge coach well I, I think the money would be there because you you look at the you, well, you look at the reason why they sacked Darren Moore. Yeah. It was because they wanted to get into the Premier League. Yeah. Um, you look at the uh, what's on offer if you get there, 150 million. You know, you would you would pay that whatever it was, million pound compo. It's 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 a drop in the ocean compared to mm-hmm. what you could poss- possibly get. So, um, I. You know, I'm not necessarily sure it's about cost cutting. I think it's more about um, dithering over the decision and a, and a a hope that actually, oh, maybe maybe Jimmy Shan can do it. And 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 that's down to Jimmy Shan being quite impressive. You know, spoke spoke very well and came across very well. And I was impressed with him myself. In the mm-hmm. first, you know, I still am impressed with him. I think he's done a sterling job. Um, and I think he'll be. I actually think he'll be a good manager if 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 he wants to go down that route. If if he ever wants to, you know, he might have to drop down a, a level or two. But yeah. I think he'd be a good manager. Mm. Um, I think. Um, I think there was. I think they got seduced perhaps by those wins, and thought, yeah, we could. Uh, we we can ride this out. Whereas actually, um, that probably wasn't going to happen. At Bombers Boots says. If Alex Neal is appointed, one of two scenarios will happen. One, somehow get us promoted, but be bottom of the Premier League at Christmas and be sacked. Or two, fail to get us promoted, not be winning the championship by Christmas and get sacked. Let's face it, we need new people from top to bottom, not just a new boss. I mean, that's quite a pessimistic way of looking at it. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> but, but I understand... Well, no, I mean, that is quite a pessimistic way of looking at it. You, know, you don't know how he's going to get on the Premier League. It's been a few years since he's been there. Um, but just with the nature of what the board are doing at the moment, and that the chopping and changing, that you know maybe the, they're seeing this and saying this could this could happen. I think um, I think there was more you know, there was more Darren Moore sacking than than just results. There was the fact that they were unconvincing on the pitch. The performances weren't um, convincing, not just the board but the supporters. Um, mm. I think there was. A chronic lack of, of, of um, you know, dealing with the problems that were there, um, a stubbornness and unwillingness to change at times, and at the root of it all, you know, a a a although there was a, a, there was a connect between the the head coach and the supporters, which there was, um, there wasn't necessarily maybe that that between the coaching staff and I mean all the coaching staff mm-hmm. and, and the players, the players yeah. so I think it's a bit more nuanced than 
um, nuance than that. Um, as you know, as gutting as it is to say about about Darren Moore, um, because everybody wanted him to succeed. Um, but you know, as I've said before, firing a manager is the easy part. Okay, it might not have been that easy when it's Darren that you're firing, <laughs> but hiring the next one is the difficult bit. So, um, yeah, I can I can understand. I completely get the apathy and the ang- and the anger at the moment because, as I've said, we're yet to they yet to deliver a uh, a plan for the short term or the medium term yeah. of this club. Um, that that convinces the fans. So until they do that, I, you know they're going to they're going to be criticised, and, mm-hmm. and they have to accept that. Uh, witness the sickness, uh, as he's known. Uh, can you confirm Jenkins is calling all the football shots, even though he has no background in them? Also, what actually is Dowling doing? No, I don't. I don't think Jenkins calls all the football shots. I think um, you know he's obviously um, chief executive and chairman essentially, because the chairman is. Uh, Mr. Live Pu, who's it's essentially a um, a symbolic gesture from the Chinese owners. Um, you know, the board, the, the decision makers on the board are essentially Luke Dowling and, and, and Mark Jenkins. But I think um, Luke, you know, Mark Jenkins takes a would take a, a natural uh, look at the finances, and, and Luke Dowling is, is charged with dealing, you know, with the more footballing mm-hmm. matters. Now, yeah. um, I think it is. Up to him to find a, a suitable head coach. You know, this is his expertise. Um, in the same way that he brought in players in January, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's up to him to now, uh, yeah, deliver a head coach um, to to uh, Jenkins and the rest of the board. What of what, what? What what is the board? You know. Um, Essentially, to be signed off by by China. Um, so yeah, that's I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily as uh, as much of an autocracy as that. Michael Cini, surely the club must pay whatever <coughs> it takes to get Dan Ashworth back and sort the club out. It's been on a downward spiral since he left. Is this being considered, Matt Wilson? I would be very surprised if uh, Dan Ashworth was considering it because what does he glean from coming back? Mm-hmm. I know he probably has a very soft place in his heart for our win um, but he's already been a success here his stock is so high yeah. at, at, at West Brom why would he come back and ruin it and tarnish it when he's currently he's at Brighton now isn't he I think mm-hmm. so he's also his stock was also very high at the FA um, and now he's trying to replicate what he did at, at West Brom at Brighton and um, if they stay up this season then he, he can he can help, you know, Tony Bloom, who has got a lot of money. Yes, he has. I've played poker against him. Have he has you? got a lot of money. Did he take a lot of your money? He is you? very aggressive. Is he? Very aggressive when it comes to poker, yeah. Well, he's, goodness an, me. he's an aggressive he's a gambler, gambler, isn't he? Oh, goodness me. Well, his, well yeah, that's his whole business, isn't yeah. it? Gambling. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, smart man mm-hmm. and a lot of money. And, you know, why would Dan Ashworth, with his stock so high, come and deal with... West Brom and Jarbin, who have uncertainty surrounding their ownership um, and are, you know, in the championship. I, I think it's a pipe dream. And I'm sorry, that's just 
that's just the way it is. Some good questions this week, guys. Thank you very much for, for sending them in. Dominic Hill, why is Sam Field continually overlooked while underperforming plodders are consistently being selected regardless of their performances? Well, I mean, it's a good question. I like Sam Field a lot. I, regular listeners will know I've been championing him for years and I think he's a very tidy player. I thought he was brilliant against QPR and um, it's a good question. He seems to be the victim, once again, of... Um, competition in central midfield uh, and this season it's only got worse because they signed Stefan Johansson and they um, moved Chris Brunt inside uh, you know it's, I'd, I would I would, do you know what I would love Sam Field to get a run in the team mm-hmm. um, I'd love him I'd love Albion to, to put him at the base of that midfield and build the team around him next season um, and you know because Barry Barry could uh Go or he's not going to retire, but Barry could go at the end of the season. Yeah, um, you know, I, I imagine Brunt will probably stay on, but he can't play every game. Um, there'll be others, Livermore. I don't know if he'll go actually. Um, I, but I just think Sam Field is, has got the attributes and he's got the mentality to to be um, a, a solid, a solid sort of six, seven, eight out of ten in, in that holding midfield role. Um, and I would like to see more of him, but um, yes, he's 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 struggling with competition at the moment. Uh, Stokesy MWS, is there interest in Alex Neal? If so, why? What is what is he going to bring us in the long term? He seems to start okay, but then has a knack of his teams being found out. If they are on the road of young British managers, then surely Dan Cowley at Lincoln is a better shout. Multiple promotions. Well, Danny Cowley is obviously a very. Uh, I think he's a very good up-and-coming manager, but I don't think that's a fair thing to say about Neil because he's been at how long has he been at Preston? He's been at Preston a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and 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 they seem to be going from strength to strength. So um, I wouldn't necessarily say that's fair. Um, I think maybe his time at Norwich is 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 um, has put that view across. Um, but like his, you know, like I said earlier, it's difficult in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know I. I, I I don't know. I mean, Danny Cowley would, would be a would be a bold appointment, certainly. Um, At this stage of the season, very well, very yeah, <laughs> very. But um, you know, it can take. I think you saw with Nathan Jones, it 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 it, it can take time to to make that step up from the lower leagues. Um, he you know he was going great guns in League One. It's taken him a bit of time, and Danny Cowley step up from from League Two to to the Championship. I think that's. Uh, a bit of an ask at this stage. What you want to do, I suppose, is do take the Chris Wilder route and um, try and get a, a coach who, who, um, I mean, Chris Wilder for me is one of the best coaches in the country. But um, he he worked up from League Two to League One. Mm-hmm. Then had a couple of seasons in League One. Then worked up from League One. I think he even started in National League. But he basically worked his way up yeah. through the divisions. I, th- I think there is there is danger in, in plucking someone like Danny Cowley out of League Two. I think you've got to let him prove himself mm-hmm. a bit further up first. Okay, last few questions. Um, if we haven't got to you today, I really apologise. Um, maybe contact Matt directly. He'll he'll hopefully if he gets some time on the night. I'm sure the missus will be happy. He might try and don't say that. Reply to you. You never know. I've been the next few days. Baz Forrest, uh, tongue in cheek. Question, what an incredible job we are doing on failing... My, do, does your missus give you stick for being on Twitter? My, my missus goes absolutely mental. Yeah, she If I do like scroll. She if, doesn't like it. It's just the go-to though, isn't it? You, know, you get your phone out, you press Twitter, you just have a quick scroll, but she she hates it. Yeah, and meanwhile, 
you know, the kids that got their hands in the toaster or something. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Just trying to just trying to get to get that fork, trying to get that little last piece of bread out there. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, but it is. To be honest, it is a it is a. What's the word I'm looking for? It is like a. An it's am- addictive, isn't it? It's a, it's addictive, but it's also like a, an anvil around your neck. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't turn it off sometimes. And when I when I have a holiday, I delete it. See, Tim Tim Spears does that as well. Wolves correspondent. He de- he deletes it as well. Do you really need to delete it just so it stops you? Yeah, because otherwise it's it is a flesh memory. You get your phone and you you, you do it. Yeah. it's, it's uh, information is addictive. And there's always something that's going to either get your attention or frustrate you, and it yeah. probably is not the best frame of mind to be in when you're when you're away from your job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and what's your what's your Twitter address again, Matt? <laughs> it's uh, Nathan underscore yeah hey, there we go uh, Baz Forrest tongue in cheek question what an incredible job we are doing on failing to gain promotion with this squad of players it takes some doing do you feel that they're overachieving that they're underachieving or they're, they're just about right porridge wise Goldilocks <laughs> <laughs> no it's been a long time since anyone called me Goldilocks mm. <laughs> um, I don't think they are overachieving I think they've got a very strong squad for division I think they should be um, I think in a weird way, their their positioning the table is better than their performances on the pitch. Yeah. So you could argue they're overachieving in that way, mm-hmm. but I think their performances on the pitch should have been better because they've got some good players in that team, and you've got two strikers. You know, Rodriguez has got twenty goals. Gale has got eighteen. Um, two strikers that are going to score you twenty goals this season. I'm not sure anyone else has got that, and yet they are not trouble in the top two mm-hmm. that's that, there's a, there's an issue there they, they should be they should be better than that um uh but that being said i think um you do have to take your hat off to the teams above them i think norwich's recruitment is spot on they've got some fantastic players um just all the way through the team pookie buendia vrancic um stieperman aarons the for two fullbacks they're they're a, they are a very good side mm-hmm. um and I think there was a case that actually they might have the better players. Aoi might have the players with a better reputation, but Norwich might have actually the better players. Um, Sheffield United and Leeds don't have better players. They've got better managers. Good stuff. Um, last two questions then. Um, there's a lot of people asking about season tickets as well, but we kind of touched on that earlier on, so hopefully we answered your questions on that. Jim Linksy, what's the latest on Gareth Barry's availability? Surely a key man for the playoffs. Um, he's nursing his knee problem and I think Jimmy Shan prefers um, Chris Brunt and well as we saw on Tuesday Jake Livermore there mm-hmm. um, I think Barry was playing with this knee with this knee issue and they're giving him some rest um, at the moment I, I actually I just don't think he's in the he's in the team at the moment do you feel that like the likes of Gareth Barry and, and Matt, Matt Phillips that they've almost said look you two need to be 100% right for those playoffs. doesn't matter about the next four or five games. I think they're trying to get Phillips back. They okay. wanted Phillips back as early as possible. He keeps suffering setbacks. I think with Phillips, part of it is mental. I think he needs to be 100% to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kieran Gibbs is the same as well. And I wonder if that played a part in him not uh, not starting the other night. I think they need to be you know, 100%. They need to be absolutely firing fit and ready to go whereas you know someone like Dawson or, or Bartley centre-backs not as probably can play in 60-70% but those two need to be fit and firing and I think that's probably why we're not seeing a bit of Matt Phillips I think there's there's, there's a mental element as much as a physical element don't get me wrong he's had, he's had a nasty ankle injury it was a bad ankle injury on his tendon but I think 
um, there is also a mental element about it as well last one uh, you can choose who you're going to answer Matt is, do you want to answer Stephen Sanders question or Leah Watkins question I'm not the, telling what they are they're the same no the different questions someone's going to be disappointed who are you, who are you leaving out in the cold I'll go with Leah because with all, Leah. I always like I think it's nice to hear female voices on football podcasts okay uh, Leah Watkins um, is that is that female Leah Watkins oh maybe not Leo. oh Leo I thought you said Leah well that's fine no, no. sorry Leo I, you know, I don't know <laughs> in order for her to succeed both short and long term. What needs to change, Matt? Just, just a, just a quick, quick, quick answer. A quick there. one, right? Short term, I'll be quick then. A short term, I think I need to uh, clarify the managerial situation. Whether that's get a new manager in, um, interim boss, or permanent, or give Shan some help coaching wise. I think something needs to change now, and um, I think I need to make it clear that this is the plan for the rest of the season, and everyone can get behind it. The, 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 the players, the fans, everyone knows where they stand, and there's no uncertainty. That's the short term. Long term, um, very good question. Uh, it depends on whether they go up. I don't. Mm-hmm. Think they, I don't personally think at the moment they will go up. Um, I think they're going to have to rely heavily um, on Luke Dowling in the summer. It's his time to shine. Um, he's got to deliver um, a you know a successful recruitment strategy that allows Albion to ship out some um, players who to the Premier League that are probably more suited to the top tier than the second tier, and bring in some young, hungry, vibrant, dynamic players. Um, that are capable of um, providing the same energy that Albion have lacked this season, but some of their opponents do have, and obviously appointing a head coach to knit that all together. Excellent. Right, so, I mean, talk about this head coach, talk about the situation. There's five games to go, but there's a month, basically just over a month before the start of the Championship playoffs. Even though time is running out, someone who would come in do have time, five weeks, to, to... Look at the squad, assess it if they want to get a new playing style, if they want to get the players behind them. That is enough time going into the playoffs. And it's an ample amount of time, isn't it? To, to get to, to get their ideas across. I don't know if it's enough time to get complex ideas across. I don't okay. know if, if it's enough time to get um, complete change of style across. I think it might be time to make tweaks. But I don't, think it's, I don't necessarily think it's enough time to, to completely rip up the plans. Um, which is why I would go with Alex Neal um, now ahead of Jukanovic in the, and you know and you know, like, as I said earlier I can see the logic in getting Neal now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, maybe Jukanovic in the summer Right so we're going to Saturday uh, Preston North End how are you feeling about the game? Do you feel that there's going to be changes? We don't even know who's going to be in charge I mean it's the most ridiculous preview going doesn't make any sense but um you know what do you do? Let's 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 assume James Shan is in charge, and and you know if even <clears throat> if a Neil's been approached, that maybe they're you know they're assessing it or they're looking from you know from above or whatever. But James Shan's the man in charge on Saturday. What team does he pick? Do, do they change the formation? Do they change the personnel? I think you probably leave the formation. Um, Higazi obviously back. I think you bring Higazi. So my team would be Johnston in goal, Holgate, Dawson, Higazi. Uh, Gibbs mm-hmm. um, and then I'd probably it's, I'd, a decent, it's a decent back line that it is and I'd probably leave I'd probably leave Johansson because I think he deserves it based on that second half uh, I know I know he's not always convinced but I think if you well I mean maybe he, he looked better with a, th- with a three at the back behind him but anyway that's by the by um, Brunt I think should probably come back yeah. okay. um, and then the other midfield players I'm not sure um, and Keep then, Livermore in. Uh, yes. 
Well, I mean, as I said, I'd like to see Sam Field, but I don't think he'd play alongside mm-hmm. Brunt. Um, I'm disappointed with Harper on uh, Bristol. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, 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 and if Phillips is unavailable still, I would go with Edwards right, wide right, Rodriguez left, Gale up front. You wouldn't bring Sam Field in? I would, but... Well, maybe move Brunt a bit further forward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't think that's going to happen it doesn't seem to be a bit in the reckoning one of the positives I thought was Dwight Gale's second half um, yep. looked like back, back to the Dwight Gale that we know and love if Albion are going to do something this season Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez are going to, are going to take them there you'd have thought uh, the two best strikers do you feel they need to play as a front two for them to, to be at their best they could do I mean, they moved to a front two didn't they um, Rodriguez moved inside so they could do they could move to a 4-4-2 um, I think uh, Preston play four one four one. So if you do do that, you you need two very good midfielders, and I just don't think Alvin have the dynamism in there. Um, I don't trust Johansson off the ball to play the two. I don't think Livermore's got the pace to play the two. I don't think Brunt's got the pace to play the two. As I said, the only person who can probably play the two is Field, mm. maybe. Mm. But even he's not always. Uh, he's a bit light. You know, he's a bit languid at times. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know whether that's the way forward. But um, they didn't. Maybe the three-five-two that they played second half um, would be better. Right, we need to finish on a positive. Okay, so so give 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 the fans one bit of positivity heading into the weekend before we sign off. The season is almost over. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> look, I, well, look, they're still within a chance of getting up, aren't they? They're fourth. They're not fourteenth. I know it's it seems pretty dire at the top at the moment, um, but there's as you said there is time, and if they get a plan in place for the season, there is a chance that they can finish with three wins, three or four wins on the bounce, go into the playoffs with a bit of momentum, mm-hmm. and then beat Villa, smash Villa, <laughs> <laughs> which would be great, but I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. Fingers crossed, three points on Saturday. Thank you very much, Matt Wilson. He will, of course, be at the game. And uh, next Baggies broadcast, we may or may not have a new manager to talk about. We shall see. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.